Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Caged In. As ever, brought to you by the Breadcrumbs Collective and hosted by me, Petros Patsilovas. For this second of our 2023 Cageuary specials, we'll be warming up our vocal cords, stretching out our hamstrings and treading the boards as we talk all things musicals and all things Nicolas Cage. You may be thinking, wait a second, Petros. Nicolas Cage hasn't ever starred in a musical. No, he hasn't but he'd love to. So I have got the only person I know who'd be perfect for the job to discuss all things musical and Nicolas Cage and which musicals he would suit. My guest is a podcaster, actor, singer, dancer, somebody who knows his Rodgers and Hammerstein from his Sondheim. The only person I know who did a top 10 musicals of the year that he saw on stage. Jack Gregson, ladies and gentlemen. How are you, Jack? I'm good. I'm good. I think there are actually nine on that list. Oh, okay. <laughs> you pro- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you probably saw. You probably saw ten, though, didn't you, Jack? <laughs> I I saw more. Yeah, I think it was only nine because they could only fit nine into a nine grid. <laughs> But yes, um, I like musicals. What was the tenth <laughs> one? You, on the spot, what was the t- what was what was the what was the number ten on that list that you oh. you would have snuck in or? Or is this too much pressure? Sister Act. Act. Whoopi Goldberg back as um, Sister Clarence in that? You know what? She was actually supposed to. Um, Pre-pandemic, it was announced that she was coming back. So funny. She came over to the UK to do Sister Act the Musical in its first run. Mm -hmm. And she played um, Mother Superior. Amazing. Which sort of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. She's got to that point, and then she's like, "Actually, I'm coming back. It's a new run. I'm playing. I'm playing S- Sister Mary Clarence again, <laughs> and Jennifer Saunders is playing Mother Superior." Amazing, amazing. That's that's some gumption right there, right? That's like <laughs> fuck like, this. She well, I can still do it. <laughs> she will pop up in our discussion. She she has played one of the roles in um. In a play, I'm not sure if it's one of the ones you picked or so, no. It's, it's one of the plays that uh, a listener picked, but we'll get we'll we'll, we'll get to it at some point because yeah, uh, Whoopi Goldberg has played a role that somebody thinks that Nicolas Cage would be perfect for. So that's that's exciting stuff. Um, Petros, before we before we move any further, 
um, I have a little surprise for you. Oh, what is it? In um in the ten minutes between uh, me eating my dinner and then waiting for us to jump on to uh, record, I uh, I wrote a little ditty. Oh baby, yes, please, <laughs> now, John. Now I um I'm no I'm not a talented composer. Also, I'm not a composer. I'm a lyricist. Um, because I don't know how to write music, but I'll sing it to you how I think it should sound. And if any of your listeners out there are talented, they can pop some music under it. Okay. Um, I did think I, I, I can play the piano to like some, I don't know, a, a reasonable level. I'm not amazing on the piano, but I can pluck out a few chords. I did, I did think, but I just couldn't work out the technical aspects of it to hook up a piano <laughs> for this whole episode and just occasionally just uh i don't know lyrically talk as as we discussed things but yeah peek behind the curtain operatic, um... how, how great this episode could have been instead you're getting two men talking well you're about to get one man singing <laughs> so this is a song i've titled Nick cage of all the stars in the sky, there's one that shines a little brighter. Of all the stars in the sky, there's one that is the ghost rider. From face off to wild at heart, this couple stands far apart from the rest. We're talking Cage, Nicholas Cage. He's the top, he's a hit, he's all the rage. Yes, Nicholas Cage, it's Nicholas Cage. What roles would he take if he took to the stage? So sit back and relax with Petros and Jack as we chat, Nicholas. Cage. Oh yes, <laughs> bravo! I absolutely love it, Jack. That it's is something, isn't it? That <laughs> we, we, I, 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 I challenge any any listener if you can if you can if you can twinkle the ivories if you can play guitar if you can produce music, please. Make mine and Jack's dreams come true. I'll, I'll, I'll have a stab at it as well. And we'll... It's definitely got no sort of actual uh, musical quality to it at the moment. So, best of luck to yeah. anyone who tries. <laughs> we, 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 can, we can make it work. Uh, I guess I should let people into why we are discussing this topic today. And it is it's all from a quote, a, 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 a meager quote uh, that I'm about to read out from uh, an Empire interview that Nicolas Cage did recently. Um, and the question was, do you have any acting ambitions left unfulfilled? And Nicolas Cage responded with, I haven't done a musical yet. I'd like to try that. I'm not much of a singer. I did sing okay in Wild at Heart, I thought, but I've blown my voice singing Purple Rain incorrectly at karaoke bars. I think I'd make a good Pontius Pilate in Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> so that's that's why we're here, is because 
it feels like, and we're talking at a point now when in the US, uh, the first ever Nicolas Cage Western is upon us. And it's, it, it's, it's out this Friday, a uh, date of release in, in the UK. Uh, I, 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 I've seen it. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those <laughs> lucky few to have, to have seen this film. But it is, it's the one area that Cage kind of hasn't ventured into is the musical. And it feels like the kind of the last bastion of like the cinematic landscape that he hasn't kind of conquered in some somewhere, or at least had a stab at. He's kind of had a stab at a lot of genres, I guess. I don't know. High I don't, he's even done like yeah, high fantasy to some degree. He's done he's done Sorcerer's Apprentice is high fantasy. That's what I mean. He's done he's done high <laughs> fantasy. He's done so yeah, discussing this with someone, they were like, he hasn't really done sci-fi. I was like, we did color out of space. That's that's like sci-fi horror. But what's yeah. next? Yeah, exactly. It's like the the the, the one that's area. A Philip K. Dick. <laughs> it's H.P. Lovecraft, baby. That's like the yeah. that's like the pinnacle of 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 phantasmagorical sci-fi you can get. Uh, He's so- done low fantasy with Peggy Sue got married. My favorite Nicholas Cage. <laughs> That is, yeah, that is low fantasy, right? That's kind of like what could have <laughs> That's happened. What I would describe as yeah, low yeah. fantasy. <laughs> your fantasy is that you go back in time and Nicolas Cage is your high school boyfriend. It's low fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Some great musical, there's a great little musical turn from Cage in that as well. He's part of a vocal group of Jim Carrey. And you know, uh, they there was an attempt to make a Peggy Sue uh, got married, uh, the musical. Ah. Oh. In fact, I believe it was done in the UK for quite a while. I know I know nothing about it, but um, uh, I'm always curious. Bring it back. Yeah, there give is some. That must. Roll. That must be one of those things because there's there's certain things that I know exist, but the internet for for the vast amounts of like use, useless knowledge it has, there are some things that just escape the internet entirely i know that there's like a 1995 tv adaptation of the conversation the francis ford coppola film which stars carl mclaughlin but there is apart from a apart from an imdb entry there is like no information no stills no nothing of these things do show up (laughs) like for years and years i wanted to see the non-Kevin Smith-involved Clerks TV pilot. Um, uh, And for years and years, there was nothing. And then suddenly one day, on YouTube, there it was. That's what I'm holding out for. It's awful. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm holding out for. It might be be awful, but I want to see Carl McLaughlin in in the conversation. This is one of my dreams. I want to see him in most things, to be honest. Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, yeah. Like, one one of the things I wanted to do to start out this is ask you where did your love for musicals and especially musical theatre where where did it start and how did it blossom over the years, Jack? I mean, so like as a kid, I was always sort of obsessed with like performing. I I loved Jim Carrey and desperately wanted to be Jim Carrey. Um, I loved comedies. Very much loved comedies, and I always, 
my my sort of understanding is that my love of musicals came from me taking like Saturday morning stage classes and stuff like that. But also I owe a great debt of gratitude to the Simpsons and South Park. Mm-hmm. Um, because the musical numbers from those got in my head, like nobody's business. Um, I still think the South Park movie bigger, longer and uncut is one of the best, like, movie musicals ever made <laughs> um and make and is my personal favorite film <laughs> um uh but like from there on i sort of discovered more of it i started going like i'd see shows um the producers was a big part of it like discovering like mel brooks doing musical theater comedy it was the type of stuff that i really loved and like yeah my main focus is musical comedy Musical drama's fine, but I like to laugh. <laughs> um, um, that's why I think that Phantom of the Opera is a real downer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, a lot of it just comes from those early things. Stuff like um, the Buffy musical episode and other areas like that. It's where my love of it started to develop and then actually getting to see shows and go and luckily living in london where that's possible um and now i travel to new york once a year to see what i can see wow (laughs) and i also do amateur productions which is fun yeah, no, I, 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 well, you were in the producers, right? I saw that 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 tail end of last year, right? Yeah, there's a... yeah, we did, we did the producers. That was the first uh, show I've done like since I was a teenager. Um, I saw they were doing it. it was my dream show to do, and uh, I loved every minute of it so much so that I cried on the the final night. <laughs> it's beautiful. That's beautiful, Jack. Like to be able that that I think that is a thing. I was I was a theatre kid as 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 a kid. I don't know why where yeah, to kind of speak about like my kind of because I, I always I don't know, I'm like musical agnostic in a way. Like I always kind of be like, oh, yeah, it's not really my thing. And then like I watch like a musical film or something like that, and I'm like I fucking love that. Do you know what I mean? Like West Side Story, like the Spielberg one. I was like, this is great. Like tick tick. I mean, boom. it helps that Spielberg knows yeah. how to make a fucking movie. <laughs> but, but it's like the mu- the, the the songs and like mm. the, the the dancing and the kind of theatrics of it. I was like, I, I kind of love this. Tick tick boom again. Linwell Miranda also yeah. knows how to how to kind of put musicals together. Obviously, it's not written by him. Like and all the. Like di- any Disney film, like I-, I watched recently with my son in Kante, and I was mm. like watching him watch it, and like uh, he watched it again with his mum, and she kind of messaged me, being like, "I saw him at one moment wipe a tear from his cheek," and I was like, <laughs> "Wow!" Like, kind of, he's never done that in any kind of other entertainment, and it's kind of that that fusing together of story and music seems to like really get people to emote obviously even like a four-year-old like that's probably the first time he's ever cried at a film 
even when I showed him Marcel, Marcel the shell with shoes on, like, do you know what I mean? Maybe he doesn't quite understand death quite yet. That's, that's, <laughs> as, as much as that's a kid's film, that's, that's an adult's film. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did love it. He just, it just didn't have the emotional punch. It was me. It was turning around to me being like, Dad, why are you crying? <laughs> I'll explain it to you, boy. But, it's a lovely, lovely movie. <laughs> but yeah, I, I find it fascinating that musicals can kind of like bring so much of that emotion out to you. And as I said, yeah, I'm, I'm quite like agnostic to it when speaking to people but then when i'm watching a musical and i think like musicals i've seen on stage mm. probably haven't done me the greatest of service because i think r realistically i've maybe seen like greece when i was a kid which is a great like a, a great kind of musical yeah. but I, I saw like a kind of ropey production of it at, at cruelly Hall theater um i saw cats and i i've got to say i fucking hate cats it yeah you're one of the many <laughs> it's it's just so bad like and it kind of i saw wicked really enjoyed that had like really great seats right up the front and we may be talking about that later, not to, mm. uh, to, 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 yeah, to give something away. Don't worry. Um, I haven't said who, who, who Jack would have Nicolas Cage play in that. But, it's uh, fairly obvious. I don't know. He, he can make a good, uh, make a good Griselda, is it? Is, is that one of the witches? Glenda? <laughs> Glenda. Glenn or Glenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um... Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, you were saying this before we got on mic, but because uh, I'd sent you a list of musicals, I thought Cage um, could perhaps step into, um, maybe at different points of his career. <laughs> um, but, uh, and you were saying you've been listening to him and you were enjoying him and you were like, oh, maybe you're a convert. And then you also said, perhaps there is just a musical out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true of any form of art, really. Yes. Like, I don't really like war movies, but there are some I really dig. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's. I, I remember watching The Exorcist with my friend who hates horror movies, and he loved it. And he said, but it's not just a horror movie, it's a film. And it's true. Like, you know, there's there's things out there for everybody. And it's easy to be sniffy about musicals, and I don't think, like, the people who go to see them make it any... Like, uh, they make it hard for people to like it because it becomes a sort of elitist thing. The cost of the tickets, the um, type of people who go, and, yeah, it's it can be very campy. And there has to be a point where you can disconnect from the idea of like someone's talking and then they're suddenly singing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, some, some shows do it really well. I mean, trust me, I've seen my fair share of crap musicals. I'm looking at you, big, the musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Statutory rape. It's not good like statutory it. rape in that. Do you know what I mean? Like, statutory rape, he is just a child. <laughs> statutory rape. 
<laughs> he may be a man for now, but he'll be a boy in mid-days. Statutory. Would you love the man with the brain of a child? <laughs> <laughs> Statutory rape. Could you, no, imagine, unfortunately, imagine. there are even worse things than that, where a song where people just go, we are Susan's friends. And it is one of the most annoying things oh. I've ever sat through in my life. Um, and yeah, still looking at you, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's kind of your 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 introduction to musicals and like where the love came from. What about Nicolas Cage? Like, what what are your feelings to him, and what's your kind of relationship with his filmography? Are you are you, are you a big fan? Like, are you a passing fan? Are you, do you, do you, do you dip in do you step out like where, where do you sit um where do i sit on my boy nick cage this is my second time on this podcast um i believe third third oh gosh yeah i believe um, third i believe third. Uh, I, 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 I come back i return and i'm still i'm still waiting for one day to chant the rainmaker <laughs> um, oh no! Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's second. Yeah, rainmakers in the rainmakers it's in the works it, it, oh, it, okay. in the bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In go. the bank. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the <laughs> that's right. That's right. Green Hornet's the only other one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I probably didn't talk much cage on that, did I? No. Um, I'm I'm a big cage guy. I've always been like throughout his career. He's someone who throws himself wholeheartedly into a role. Um, and you look at his body of work, and to you know, deny him is ridiculous. You look at something like Bringing Out the Dead, or Wild at Heart, or Con Air. Like, the man's done, like you said, done it all, apart from musicals. Um, and some of it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, some of it's not great, but I never really put that on Cage. Um, I think he's... Well, so, so something that always like fascinates me is people always baffled at the fact that at one point he was going to play the Jeff Daniels role in Dumb and Dumber. And, it would have been great. And people was like, oh, well, how would Cage have fit in that? And it's like, well, if you look at Jeff Daniels pre-Dumb and Dumber, he has a similar career to Nicolas Cage. Do you know what I mean? He kind of, it like... I mean, uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. Daniels is spectacular yeah. in that movie. But Cage would have had a great time. And I recently watched something wild, and it's like, I could have easily have seen Nicolas Cage play the Jeff Daniels role mm. in that film. Like, they were kind of doing these these similar fit, like similar types of roles, whether it's... You look at just before Dumb and Dumber came out, he would have been in, I don't know, like, It Could Happen to You, and, like, <laughs> did you know I mean? These kind of... Well, I mean, he was, like, an everyman for a while. Yeah, yeah, um, honey, Honeymoon in Vegas. Like, he was kind of in... Honeymoon in Vegas. In these goofball <laughs> comedies, like, Raising Arizona, Moonstruck. He was kind of like, yeah, he's, was this just, like, I don't know, he was a bit wild at times, but at the same time, you could see him... He was wild at heart. Hey, hey. <laughs> I went through like a period um around probably me being like 14 
mm-hmm. um, when uh, Blockbuster started taking in secondhand videos and like selling them off for like two pounds ninety nine. And I think the two actors I started like devouring the careers of were Nicolas Cage and John Cusack. Oh. Um, and boy, when I found Connor, yeah, <laughs> I <the> was <laughs> stoked. <laughs> um, but like, it was like, uh, and I remember like. It was, and it wasn't like the big stuff I always wanted to try down. It was stuff like it could happen to you, and Peggy Sue got married, and all this kind of stuff. Where I was like, let's see this guy. This guy be the average guy. Mm-hmm. I want to see him play that because I'm interested. And he, you know, he, he's very good at it, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like one of the reasons you can think of like, oh, you could be in a. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of speaking of Cage in a musical and like the high camp that comes with it, something that I feel like we need to talk about just because it's kind of hot off the press the day of record <laughs> is we have just had the trailer for Renfield. What are your thoughts on this film, Jack? Or like the, what we've seen so far, and especially Nicolas Cage's Dracula. I think it looks cool. Like, um, I love that it doesn't give much away of the Dracula. Um, uh, it's that that still seems being played pretty close to the chest. I'm curious to see like how it all plays out. Like it looks like there's like a lot of um, time covered in this movie. I assume most of it's going to be present day, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to see the past and. All right, Renfield's a fun character to play. Nick Holt is uh, is a cool guy. You got your two Nicks um, reunited from the Weatherman. Mm. <laughs> yeah, father, father and son becomes master and servant. Same thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's very telling on your relationship with your father, there, Jack. This is not the place for that. Um, no, like I think it. I think it'll be cool. Um, Definitely getting like a warm bodies vibe from Nick Holt at some points, um, but I'm more than okay with that because I'm a big Jonathan Levine fan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I I I, I want to see. I'm hoping it leans into like some of the, like the more horrific elements. I have a feeling it will. Yeah, um, there's a there, there's a moment in that trailer where we see a priest explode, mm-hmm. and I'm like. I'm hoping we're getting some gru and some grit. I'm hoping like it's an R-rated comedy. I'm hoping in the UK it's like a 15. It's like yeah. kind of not playing it safe with, I've, well, I think with that exploding priest, we're, we're, we're safe to say like we're not getting a 12A. Like I can't imagine like an eight-year-old watching that and like being be, being okay at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, depends how devoted to Christ that eight year old. My question for you, Petros, is how do you feel on uh, the accent work from from Mister Cage? I'm loving it. It's kind of like because it's slightly reminiscent of his Peter Lowe voice from Vampire's Kiss. It's kind of, and it feels like 
this is what Nicolas Cage's career has kind of all been leading up to is playing Dracula in some form. Like <laughs> he's obviously a massive fan of silent cinema, whether it's like the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Nosferatu's in there. Like if you watch Vampire's Kiss, he kind of wholesale steals stuff, like the body movements and stuff like that. So you can imagine the day he kind of got that script on his desk and it's kind of like highlighted yeah we're, we're thinking about you for dracula like when he had that meeting you can imagine kind of every being like every fiber of his being kind of vibrated in that thing of like yes it's finally it's finally coming to me like you know what i mean he's like he's there like gary oldman in in francis ford coppola's um uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula yes. he's like where, 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 when that's out in the ether he's there going see me <laughs> see me that was Nicolas uh, Cage when when he knew that they were doing a a, a new kind of telling of of Dracula and it yeah he's you you know you know he had so much fun doing it like the, the kind of the costuming and stuff like that and I think the costuming looks great as well like the rings like the there's that on-set photo that kind of came out a while ago of him in like some red yes, velvet tuxedo, and it just looks, oh, it looks beautiful. And yeah, the voice, the vo he's it, like he's nailing the voice. And it's something about that trailer, and I'm not sure whether it is because I'm very much in like the musical zone at the moment. It's like <laughs> I could happily take Nicolas Cage like bursting into song in that. Like if 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 they close out the film on a musical number, I'll take it. Do you know what I mean? Nicholas Holt's not not against it. We've all seen the season close of Skins when that that ended in a <laughs> that ended in a musical number. So let's have let's have Renfield end end in a musical number. And I imagine it's not it's not beneath Chris McKay. Do you know what I mean? It's from Robot Chicken and the Lego Batman movie. I'm sure I'm sure he's got a musical number up his sleeve somewhere. And I mean, there are plenty of Dracula musicals. Not that I've seen any of them, but uh, they're out there. Yeah, there's the the, the 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 one I'm the one I'm disappointed doesn't actually exist is Jason Segel's <laughs> puppet Dracula musical from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Let's let, let, let's get that on the table right now. It is a travesty that that wasn't turned into a movie of itself. No, but we got Jason Segel's Muppet movie. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I rewatched Forgetting Sarah Marshall recently and forgot just how much I enjoy that movie. Yeah, I, I imagine you could probably see see I don't know see a lot of yourself in that. Do you know what I mean a guy who loves musical theatre? I'm, I'm sure you've yeah. probably experienced like all of us. Yeah, you, you, musical theatre pining over his ex girlfriend. Yeah, <sighs> sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, Jack. Well, before we get into your picks for today, kind of wanted you to help me and the listeners out a bit by. Telling us a little bit about like musicals and like the the way the songs work. Do you know what I mean? Are there, are there certain songs that that convey certain stuff? Because obviously they're all pushing the story forward, right? Or is there kind of what are the kind of different songs we get within a musical? I mean, yeah, it really depends on the show. Um, there's all sorts, like. Um... If you look at something like 
something that maybe like Mr. Stephen Sondheim would have written, something like uh, A Little Night Music, which I just performed last year. Very good fun, very good show. Um, uh, that The songs in that, like some of them are completely off the wall, and some of them drive the plot. And I, like, not every musical is insanely plot driven. Once again, to Sondheim, uh, look at something like uh, Company, and that is very much looking at a moment in someone's life and someone turning thirty-five, and uh, the sort of areas around situations that would be involved with that. And I, I wouldn't say it's a very plot driven show, but it's an emotion driven show. Mm-hmm. And then there are things that are very plot driven. Like um, something more traditional, like uh, Phantom of the Opera, or um, what are your big ones in the West? Greece. Um, but there are there are certain sort of like things that you will notice recurring in a musical. There's often a uh, opening number that will set the stage and set the tone for what the show is going to be. Uh, maybe introduce a few of the characters, or at least introduce some of the themes. Um, there's the classic, um, this is very much in a Disney musical, the I Want song. Yes. Um, uh, you've got your, you can often have a comedic number, perhaps sung by a villain or a mm. side character. Um, villain numbers. These. This is very much now into like what Disney do. Uh, mm. But they're great at doing it, so why not talk about it? Yeah, because you uh, gotta always get that kind of like, this is the place, this is where we live. Look at this place, this is where we live. So we're like, very happy with the status quo, but yeah. someone might change that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, think, I, think, I think it's Disney that very much fall into that like archetype of like the I want the setting up this place the the song of despair right and like the kind of like now we're at this point of the story and, and i didn't get what i want and that's very much like um howard ashman and alan menken who came in and sort of revamped the disney musical in the late 80s with the little mermaid um r.i.p howard ashman um wonderful documentary on disney plus about howard ashman called howard if anybody is curious um but yeah you it's it's hard to say again in the musical we're going to be discussing i feel like i'm going back to sondheim a lot but that's that's what happens in musical theater <laughs> um assassins not a plot driven show in the slightest it's, uh it is again emotionally and character driven uh and each character has their own sort of song and their own story uh but it's wonderful. I guess, like, there's different types of musicals, right? There are some that are just traditionally completely sung, like, in that kind of, like, there is no dialogue whatsoever, and then there will be... Operas and operettas, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, and there will be others that are kind of songs within a kind of traditional play structure, would you say, yeah? Like, Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, There's a wonderful show called uh something rotten which actually i'm kind of regretting not having on this list now <laughs> um um where a character it's set in um the renaissance and a character is a playwright and he's trying to 
beat William Shakespeare to the punch and he, he goes to a soothsayer and he asks what's the next big thing in theatre and there's a whole song called It's a Musical um, it's like an eight minute song it's very funny um, and it goes through all the different styles of musicals um, and it's like uh, some are too long, some are just plays with songs some musicals have no talking at all. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, um, it's very, uh, it's very fun. But yeah, there's a whole spectrum of different styles, and uh, you can like, there's no set. Especially if you look at like the history, like you've got the golden age, um, sort of like 1930s musicals, one of which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, and then you've got sort of the seventies where things got a little bit more experimental as people got a little bit more experimental. Um, and like modern day stuff like written by Pasek and Paul and people like that, they have their own rules and their own sort of structures. And it's hard to describe the differences between them all, but they're all unique, beautiful little beings in their own way. <laughs> It's fascinating. I guess it 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 really plays into what we were saying earlier of like there is kind of a musical that can suit everyone, right? It's like if you're kind of if you're wall to wall singing, there's something for you. If there's if you want some ditties thrown in amongst some talking, like there's a bit of that for you. There's 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 something for everyone. Um, if you want a line of cats introducing themselves one by one. Kill yourself. There's something for you, Josh. <laughs> I'm sure you're listening. Um, so I wanted to like kind of figure out your your list beforehand, like how we're structuring this. So, is it a structured list in the way of the I don't know the top six because we're doing six here because Jack couldn't <laughs> drill down to a five, which I'm not mad about. Um, I had twelve. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do some honourable mentions. Uh, so. With with the six, is it is it structured in a like no le- least to structure. most? No, no. I'd say maybe we keep the one I have at the top for the last. Okay, because it's okay. probably the most accurate. Okay, and then an- another question I had on the kind of structure of it and the, the way that we're kind of going to discuss this and something that we might kind of, we can figure out as we d- d- discuss each musical as well is. Are we thinking a specific era of Nicolas Cage for each of these roles? Is this something you've given thought to, or is it something we can kind of I've, figure out? <laughs> I think I've kind of stayed within the current era. Cool, cool. Um, who he, who yeah. he is now, what he could actually do. What if he, he were could to... actually do. And I've also tried to stick to musicals that... Um, uh, have not had a film adaptation, or if they have, have had talks of a remake. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, cause uh. I, I read like a couple. One of them has just had casting news last year of of yeah. of, of an A list actor playing a certain role, and I'm 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 excited to talk about that. But yeah, I think I think I think one of I the think ones... my choice is better. <laughs> and i i think I, yeah i I think a couple like one of them maybe had like a couple of film adaptations in the 1930s and the 19 yeah. like 
yeah, the, the, the 1940s maybe or 50s. So it's like kind of we're way beyond the we're way beyond it of like I don't know that that it's probably due a uh, yeah. yeah like, a, a, a yeah, I also it's like I, I had Sweeney Todd on the list, and I was like, you know what? No, Depp is too fresh in our mind. <laughs> yeah, as, as as much as we kind of I don't know maybe wish he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, I so let's, it, let's. It could have been the Burton Cage team up. We we really need oh. post Superman. What is that? That is kind of. I think that is one of the things I'm hoping for before <laughs> one of them leaves this mortal plane. I'm sure that uh, Tim Burton will be stitched back together and animated in some stop Weird. motion yeah by yeah henry selick would just be animating him 24 <laughs> 7 <laughs> he'd love it he'd love it um so let's jump into your list and we'll we'll go for a crowd a crowd pleaser to begin with and uh that is little shop of horrors so who are we thinking nicholas cage would be good for in in in, in this production jack this is the thing like who wouldn't he be good for there's definitely a time in his career where he would have been a great Seymour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but if I'm looking now, he's probably in the Mr. Mushnick role. Mm-hmm. He's old enough. But I also think he'd be a great uh, dentist. <laughs> Dr. Orange Scrivello. And then I also, controversially, Make him the voice of Audrey too. Yeah, you could imagine him doing Audrey too in like some kind of New Orleans Cajun accent. It probably wouldn't have be probably wouldn't be politically correct, but you could you could imagine that being the choice that Nicolas Cage goes for. Like, was it I mean, we spoke briefly about him on the Green Hornet that he wanted yes. to play? He wanted to play the villain with a Rastafarian accent <laughs> and 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 and, uh, and cornrows. So he seems like a man who is not beyond. Uh, <laughs> maybe his viewpoints would have changed now. It's like tight. a smart idea not to do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is Audrey too traditionally um, like a, a person of color who's, who's normally in that role? I think so. Um, at least from the versions I've seen, yes. Um, so, yes, controversial, but I do think Cage can have fun with it. Perhaps I should just give a, a little backstory for your listeners who don't know the show. Um, little Shop of Horrors, based on a, an old Roger Corman movie about a young florist living on Skid Row who finds a strange and exotic plant that uh everybody is interested in and comes to see uh it soon turns out that that plant is eating people and that is what causes its uh strange and exoticness and causes all the it's a faustian bargain type thing the Mm -hmm. young florist is feeding people to the plant so he can get more and more fame and popularity and win the woman of his dreams who is currently being wooed by a masochistic dentist <laughs> um you you could see cage like kind of really being like brought into like buying into that story as well it kind of feels like do you know what I mean there is like you can imagine him being like yeah it's faustian and like it kind and of has this... a faustian bargain between seymour and the plant and uh <laughs> just really 
really love this world that has been set up here. And wow. I think <laughs> from 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 listening to the songs on it, I can definitely see him as the dentist, especially oh, like. Yeah. Oh, the dentist rides a motorbike. He's kind of like too cool for school. You could imagine Cage kind of donning that leather jacket and getting into it, right? Yes, of course. I mean, so this was made as a film in the 80s. uh, And in that role is Steve Martin, who's playing it up and doing a sort of Elvis type thing, which Cage can do in his sleep. Yes. (laughs) Um, uh, And he'd have the best time with it. So before that film version was made, uh, Scorsese was interested in doing a version of it, Um, uh, a 3D version of it. (laughs) Um, And, you know, Scorsese and Cage got history together. Maybe, maybe that, maybe he would have put him in there. That, that sounds like a, that sounds like a Scorsese cocaine film. Like there are there are, there are cocaine films and there are there, there 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 are sober Scorsese films and that very much sounds like a cocaine film if he were to do that. <laughs> if this or New York, New York. Scale. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess his his kind of brush with a musical was New York, New York, right? He's like, yeah, I've got it out <laughs> my system. I'm off the coke. I don't want to do a musical now. <laughs> and that's coming to Broadway this year. With- New uh new ler- new songs by uh Lin Manuel Miranda. So New York, New York. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um that'll be fun. Yeah, Little, Little Shop is my my personal choice of favorite musical. Okay. Um I love this show to pieces. And I think I'd love it with Cage as well. Uh as great fun to be had there and the man knows how to have great fun so would this would this be a stage production you'd like to see cage in or or is it a film adaptation you you think he would suit so they were doing a new film adaptation and uh chris evans was supposed to be playing the dentist um i believe that film has fallen apart i say bring it back get rid of chris evans put cage in there perfect yeah, and it, it it would probably play to like some more modern things that he's like an older man. Do you know what I mean? Seymour's yeah. Seymour's likely what you thinking? Jake Gyllenhaal. I know he played him on stage, right? Uh, so like the casting, I believe, was looking at Taron Egerton. Okay, that feels pretty Route One, mm. but like yeah, because I know that Jake Gyllenhaal played him on stage, right? And yeah. the the actress uh, Ellen Green like joined him on stage for like a couple of shows of it which like how cool which i imagine like imagine for him and like yeah jake jinhall is he's he's one of my faves so to see him to see see oh yeah yeah if they're gonna make a movie of it i think i think i think jake's our guy maybe he might have aged out of it slightly but i don't know someone i've seen uh i know that she was in talks as uh lady gaga as audrey Oh. I think that would have been very, very fun. And I believe Billy uh, Porter um, from uh, Poise was down to play the voice of Audrey too. So, oh. oh, it sounds it sounds great. It sounds great, right? You, gotta, you could have such a yeah. 
you can have, you can have, I don't know. It's such a nutty show, but get, yeah, get, that, get. It's, it's exactly why I, I thought Cage was just like something that can match his level of nuttiness. Yeah, and I think I think if there is a if if there's someone nutty enough to do it, it's it's it's, it's Cage, right? Mm. To, to, so let let's step away from the nuttiness and go into your second pick here, which is anything goes tell us a bit about this musical it's one that i've never heard of jack so anything goes um i saw it for the first time last year um trying to reacquaint myself with it mostly takes place on a cruise ship it's a very old musical i believe it uh first opened in 1934 um and it's all the music of that guy i really like from that era whose name escapes me and i'm gonna look it up cole uh, porter cole porter hey um that's the one uh he um yes yeah i'm right 934 look at me um so there's kind of a story <laughs> in that uh a young man who's in love with a woman who's going to marry someone else uh, sneaks aboard a cruise ship to be with the woman he wants to be with. Um, aboard that cruise ship is a gangster who's hiding out called uh, Moonface Martin, who sort of takes the young lad under his wing. As also on that ship is uh, performer Reno Sweeney, who's friends with Moonface Martin. Um, uh, the main the best parts of the show are Reno Sweeney and Moonface Martin. The two young lovers, you kind of like, they're there. They're the, they're the appetizer. But what you stay for is these two large characters who have the best songs and the best mm -hmm. scenes. Um, there's a lot of farce, lots of people pretending to be who they aren't um, uh, to stay aboard this cruise ship. Um, it's very silly, uh, but very fun in an old-fashioned way. It's like a screwball comedy for the most part. Amazing. and. I think Cage would have a ball as Moonface Martin the gangster. Just looking, there was a there was a London revival in 2021. Mm. Robert Lindsay played yes, the role that's of who Moonface I saw. Martin, um, <laughs> and then was replaced uh, for the tour show by Dennis uh, Lawson in 2022. Mm. Um, but who is someone like? Who would you say is? some of the i don't know like uh iconic people to have played the role of moonface martin like to to, to your money as i mean it, so there was a the big revival in uh the states in i believe the mid 2000s you had um uh sutton foster played reno sweeney who also played it over here in the recent revival mm -hmm. um but she played it opposite uh, Joel Grey. Yeah. Yeah, I think people will best know him as the MC from Cabaret. Um, like, he's a musical legend. Mm -hmm. uh, he pops up a couple of times, I think, throughout this. It's kind of like when looking at the, the, the you know I mean, like the, the Spotify list that I created, it's like, oh, <laughs> Joel, oh just Joel Grey again. He's, he's kind of doing, he's, he, he's in. He's in this show as well, yeah. His 2011 Broadway revival, he, he kind of came back. Won't and... stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
there was at one point Bernard Cribbins had that yeah. role. Um, my favorite on the list of people I found, Rip Taylor. If people Amazing. don't know who Rip Taylor is, uh, go back and watch Wayne's World 2 or um, any of the first three Jackass movies. Oh, <laughs> oh you boys! Oh, oh! <laughs> Oh, you're so, yeah. Just oh, he's done it again, Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> yeah, him at the end of him at the end of Jackass One with the kind of like streamers and stuff like that. Wow, wow, that would have been amazing to see Rip Taylor in anything. In like, uh, in like oh, yeah, that like, sounds perfect. Uh, um, and in many ways, Nick Cage is the modern day Rip Taylor. Yeah, he's got that energy. I reckon he's got that energy in him. I, I could see him as a Moonface Martin. Uh, yeah, Moonface Martin is a good character. It's a gangster who wants to be taken seriously, but is a bit shit. He's like, I believe he's America's 13th most wanted. Um, there, there's that great duet that he has, I guess, with the Reno, Mar uh, Reno Sweeney character. Yes. Where it's kind of like... Uh, what friendship, is it? friendship, yeah, just a perfect bland ship, and it turns into like a little comedy routine within the song. Yeah, where it's like them kind of like uh, I don't know, like if you're out on your luck and you need like, do you know what I mean, yeah. I'm the one if you need a buck and loads yeah. friendship, like yeah, it's this great little kind of like ditty of a song. Mm. And it's like I'd, lo I'd love, love to see Cage like doing the little two step to that. That'd be great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's it. I, when I was looking at sort of laylists, I mean, some people might uh, accuse me of having some recency bias on my list, but hey, I am who I am. But I wanted to have something that was sort of a classical, jazzy musical for, um, for Cage. And because uh, I think he, you know what I want? I want David Lynch to direct an Anything Goes movie with Nicolas Cage as Moonface Martin. Oh, him and him and Laura Dern. Get Laura Dern back as as Reno. Oh Sweeney. <laughs> like, my God! Yeah, that like, <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'll hold off on it, and I'll mention it now just for you and the listeners to to kind of have this in your mind. Is there any? And I'll ask you at the end. I don't want your answer now. Is is there any Nicolas Cage films that you would like to that you think could be like? turned into a musical and, and, and which would because i have an answer for this which so so we will we will we will get to that at the end something <laughs> for, something for me you and the listeners to look forward to uh so let's hop for out of anything goes and go to a, mu a, a musical that i keep going back to these songs that 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 i just kind of picked out the ones where the cat like had the characters yeah, that you said Cage would would fit, and I think it's two in this in this show, and it is Assassins. And I think I think there's I think there's a specific reason I was drawn to this. I think it's because who wrote the music and lyrics to this to this yeah. musical, and it's, it's a fucking legend. Well, yeah, the aforementioned Stephen Sondheim returns. Um, Assassins. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, this show is, as I mentioned earlier, quite non-narrative based. It, it's sort of a history lesson um, in song. It takes you through um, a series of 
real life characters who tried and some who succeeded to assassinate the president of the United States. <laughs> um, each of them has their own song, their own ballads, um, and is orchestrated by a sort of narrator character who takes us through it all. And we've also got a sort of strange sort of uh, other sort of character who takes us through it all, who's sort of the version I saw. I've only seen it once. I'm not sure if it's always done the same, but it was all sort of performed at a fair, and it was like a guy who's um, lining up, getting people to like win prizes to like shoot, like uh, like shooting ducks kind of games. Um, take a gun and uh, kill a president, win a prize. Um, it's a very interesting look at the American dream, mm -hmm. and who better to play? John Wilkes Booth than Benjamin Franklin Gates himself. Yes. Yes, I was gonna say <laughs> ties perfectly back into the to the start of uh Book of Secrets, right? Where it's kind of like they have that whole like Oh, was it? Was it the Gates family who, like, were, were they one of the co-conspirators to the, to 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 the uh, Lincoln assassination? Yeah, I love, I love it. Um, I mean, there's there's a few, yeah, there's a few characters in this that Cage could really step into. Booth, I thought, was the one that sort of had the gravitas. That um, I should say, like, I'm doing all this. I don't know if he could sing any of these songs. Um, <laughs> but, damn it, nobody cared about that when they cast Russell Crowe in Les Miserables, um, and I'm not going to care about it now. <laughs> when, when John Wilkes Booth comes into, I believe it's the first song that he has. The, the Ballad of Booth. The Ballad of Booth. There is a kind of, like, Elvis like mm. kind of like creeps into Bowie-esque quality mm. to the way that it's sung on the recording I listen to which killed I think is the man who killed my country yeah you can definitely have a little bit of which I think I imagine it would have been the Victor Garber one that would have been recorded I think there's a, there's another one there's the Victor Garber one which I believe is the original and then there was um a revival, I think, in the nineties. Not sure who played Booth, but I know um David Firth. Could be. I know uh it's the one it's the revival I'm thinking of is the one that had um Neil Patrick Harris and Mark Kudish. Uh I'll find I'll find who played Booth. But there are a few people in that show again. I feel Cage is well suited to play a um <laughs> A uh, uh, an assassin, <laughs> presidential assassin. He, oh yes. He, there's there's definitely. Oh, the, the... Uh, Michael Michael Severus is who I'm thinking of. Um, who's that? Who's a wonderful performer. Um, yeah. The I'm... other the other roles I think uh, um, Cage could slip into. I don't know if you heard the Ballad of Gateau. No, no, I kind of, I, I, I very much like because time, time was quite short yes. on this. I was like, I need to just cram what I've got. Like, I, I will now be like, <laughs> probably just listening to some of these shows in their entirety. The Ballad of Guitar is a great song. I'm not the reason I didn't mark it down as one for Cage is because I genuinely don't think it suits his voice. Mm -hmm. And the character is so manic and insane 
That is, uh, oh, like, there's definitely cage energy about him. What I, kind of cage energy about all these characters. What I love about the Wikipedia entries for these musicals is how detailed they are. And with, with, with each character, they just, like, next to each of their names, it kind of says what the singing register of that character mm. would be. So, like, John Wilkes Booth says baritone. F sharp second to G fourth is kind of the vocal range that they would need. And it's like, I love that. I love the kind of specificity of like, I don't know, it feels like my eyes have been opened to a whole new world. And I kind of, I love, I love these kind of like nerdy little details <laughs> and stuff. So, yeah. F- thank you, Jack, for kind of opening me up to this and kind of, kind of be nerding out and being like, oh, who, who else has, who else has played these roles in the past? Is there a, is, is is there a cast recording of that? Like, <laughs> I mean, I did not realize until right now that Catherine Tate was in the uh, 2014 UK revival. So, um, that's quite fun. Oh wow! Yeah, this, this is this is like if people don't know this show, I can only beg you to. It was again like a, it was Broadway revived last year, and it's something to look out for. It's some really beautiful and disturbing songs within it um the love song sung uh by um the guy who tried to assassinate ronald reagan because he was in love with jodie foster yes um that's duetted with uh um one of the manson family and he's singing about how much he wants jody to notice him and she's singing about how much she wants charlie to notice her oh, wow. and it's it's unhinged in the best possible way uh so can you you kind of like i don't give me some insight into this because I, I i'm not sure how this works with musicals obviously you have the person who writes the music and the lyrics you have someone who writes the book which mm-hmm. tends to come first? Is it is it like somebody writes the book and then goes, "Hey, I need these gaps filled in with songs." Is that is that tend to is that how it tends I'm, to I'm work? I'm not entirely sure. I'm uh, as I've uh, not written like a full proper musical myself. Um, I could message someone I know who does and see if we can get a response. <laughs> um, uh, I would imagine it's quite collaborative from the start mm-hmm. um uh and i do think someone who's writing the book will know where there needs to be something and perhaps a lyricist reading the book will be able to a lyricist and songwriter who are reading the book will be able to say we need something here there needs yes. uh, i i know the perfect song to go here i i i think there's probably a little push and pull between the two um yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's it's interesting in that sense. So the nine yeah, the nineteen ninety-two uh stage adaptation of uh Assassins in London mm. was directed by Sam Mendes. So yeah. like it's, it's it's like there's been some talent behind behind it, right? There's been some like it's kind of yeah, it's it's one that that's the thing, like having this conversation and kind of prepping for this. I'm now going to be like, ah, all right, I'm going to have a little look, even if there's like a kind of, I don't know, off the West End or like some kind of stage production in London of this. I'll definitely be like, 
you, you'll you'll see me there, Jack. We'll be we'll be arm in <laughs> arm in arm, hot stepping yeah. it into assassins. <laughs> I'm there. I can't wait. Tux is ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With to tops and tails. Um. Well, speaking of tops and tails, we'll get on to our next pick, and our next pick is Jack. Young Frankenstein. And which role are we thinking for Nicolas Cage? Are we thinking Frankenstein, or would that have been an earlier time in his life? I think that's an earlier time. And to be honest, I think we, I, I, I wanted to go for the role I think he'd probably prefer to have. Um, I, I know, uh, do we pronounce this Igor or Igor? Igor. Um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yes, based on the uh, Mel Brooks classic. Um, his second musical after the producers, uh, many consider his sophomore slump. <laughs> um, uh, Young Frankenstein uh, follows the <laughs> kind of follows the story of uh, the classic uh, Frankenstein novel. Um, instead of uh, uh, it's his, his nephew who comes to Transylvania and decides to bring a corpse back to life and uh, is surrounded by all sorts of wacky characters, including uh, his faithful servant, Igor, <laughs> um, uh, with a moving hump and bulging eyes in the original film, played beautifully by Marty Feldman. Um, I believe on stage, played wonderfully by, in the US, Christopher Fritz Fitzgerald, and... Um, in the U in the UK, Ross Noble. Yeah, like uh, the 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 cast recording I've listened to is is the Ross Noble version, uh, along with Hadley Frazier and Summer Strallen. Like yeah. it's, uh, I think Ross Noble does a great job. Like is, is I somebody saw him on stage twice, he was great. Yeah, like it's fa like fa fantastic that like he kind of and well he had. I think Corey English replaced Ross Noble from who was the US national mm. tour like um Yes, Corey, Corey English is a wonderful actor. I saw him on in the West End as the in the producers as uh, Max Bialystok. So somebody who's well versed in the in the Mel Brooks kind of musical. Yes. So so this is a kind of later like a later adaptation of of the film, right? That this, yeah, this... I mean, this. So the film is, I believe, 1974. Um, yes, and mm. this is uh, in the US, it opened in 2008, um, or 2007, in fact, did quite poorly. <laughs> um, uh, I thought I was never gonna see it, uh because just after it didn't do very well, I was just like, well, it's never going to make its way over here. And then it finally did, 10 years later. <laughs> um, uh, uh, slightly revamped for the UK. Uh, a few songs changed, a few songs rewritten, a few songs dropped. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was a big deal when it came over here. Mel Brooks uh, came... Uh, um, came over to uh, work with the cast. That's where I, I luckily got to go to a Q and A with Mel Brooks. Um, wow! Of the original Young Frankenstein movie, 
Um, and it's where he did his great appearance on the one show where he tells them how nutty their show is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, and I don't think this is everybody's favorite show. I love this show. I think it's great fun. I think it's pure musical comedy, uh, in the best way possible. And when looking at stuff that I loved, that I thought Nicolas Cage could fit right into. Igor, it's a side mm. role. He might be a little too old for it, but I can only imagine his like his eyes bulging out, wanting to do it. You know, like, yeah, you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, like... this like it, I, in a way, I kind of feel like Brooks and Cage are a match made in heaven. Like if Brooks was still heavily doing stuff now. I think he'd he'd be caught in cage. Well, I think Brooks has got like this darker edge to him as well, hasn't he? Like, obviously, mm. he's got this this whole thing that he's been a producer for like some David Lynch stuff in the past. Yeah, and, like, man. yeah, took his took his name off of that because he didn't want people to associate it too heavily with like the comedy stuff. Mm. But like, and I think him and him and Lynch have kind of had this friendship throughout the years, and I. I remember this great story hearing about um, Brooks had like some kind of honorary award for something, some kind of like dinner in his honor. Mm-hmm. And um, on the set of The Elephant Man, like I see <laughs> David Lynch not not realizing how cold it would be in London whilst they were filming, like came without a jacket and uh like it was on set you could imagine him chain smoking cigarettes but freezing cold and melt coffee and cigarettes yeah yeah like what he's like david what's going on why haven't you got a coat and he's like it's so cold here in london i just didn't know it would be this cold okay mal (laughs) this is why i do the daily weather report now (laughs) this is why i normally film in the midwest okay (laughs) yeah he's he's like (laughs) um so like and and he, he bought him a coat and at this like honorary dinner years later david lynch turned up in the coat and it was in like mint condition <laughs> and it's just like just the kind of love and admiration he kind of had for mel brooks is like mel here's the coat i've still got it <laughs> there's I not mean, a scratch on it there's a there is a beautiful video online of um it might be the same event you're talking about the kennedy sensor honors for mel brooks um where many sort of famous actors do songs from Mel Brooks movies um, honoring him. And it's a really touching moment where at the end, they all, um, I think it ends with um, a song from the producers and they all raise their hand in a Nazi salute and then turn their hands over to gesture towards Mel. Oh. And it is... <laughs> insanely touching for me. i love mel brooks i always will i think he's yeah. wonderful and yeah i think young frankenstein is a really fun show i, I think my and... favorite my favorite season of kirby enthusiasm is the like producers <laughs> spoof season like uh, like great uh, yeah just like <laughs> 
and especially like this kind of ties back into Nick Cage. Like he, like is it Larry David is is seen singing a song at karaoke, and that's what gives Mel Brooks the idea. You could imagine somebody seeing Nicolas Cage singing Purple Rain at karaoke and being like, you know what, fuck it. Let's cast him in a musical, even even if it bombs. Like we're gonna we're gonna sell tickets. Uh, yeah, I mean this is it. He's he's a very he, he's a very charming man who um, can be crazy, and that's exactly the type of character you need to make something like Igor work. Igor and. Um, uh, Frederick have a beautiful duet of um, uh, together again for the first time. Yes. <laughs> um, if they're aligning that, it's like we go together like Bacardi and Coke. That feels like, like a, that, yeah. that feels like a, a line that was rewritten for the British crowd. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like Dolores Del Rio. That's just one person. How can she be a pair? You ever seen her in a nightgown? <laughs> what <One>. a pair! <laughs> <laughs> What a horrible and hilarious joke. Oh, um, yeah. You could imagine Cage delivering that, like, in perfect, I don't know, the right amount of sleaze to it. The right, like, I mean, it, it fits into his sort of, like, kick-ass territory, you know? Like, it's he would take on this role. I, I, I picture him as someone who would have the greatest respect for Marty Feldman. Yes. And um, uh, someone who would want to bring out the sort of horror of the, the story of Frankenstein, but also be absolutely in love with the comedy he's allowing to bring to it as mm -hmm. well. Yeah, you could, you, you could see him, like, and bringing a lot of that silent, like movie stuff to it do you know what i mean like the yeah. the 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 big gestures like acting full body acting with it as well can you imagine uh, how much he'd kill the walk this way gag <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'd be fantastic yeah listen see like where like i've i've got nicholas cage's manager's email address i think i'm gonna <laughs> just just emailing them this episode with no with no, no pretense to it, just be like, "Hey, Mike, what do you think? Like, we've got so we've got some potentials for Cage. Like, we don't know any of the people who could make this happen, but make this happen, Mike." Right? I mean, look, if Cage wants me to write him a musical based on that song I sang at the top of the show, I'll do it. We'll do it. I'm, I'm on board. I know okay. people. Okay, we'll done. We'll get it I done. I got to slot the Bridewell Theatre in Farringdon. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> well, Cage has been seen in far, 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 far kind of stranger places. Do you know what I mean, it was a, a social club in Bath for New Year's a few years ago. So, yeah, I'm sure the Bridgewell Theatre in Farringdon will suit him perfectly. Perfect. Uh, well, well, keeping on a macabre tip for your next pick, what, who, who are we seeing Nicolas Cage as uh, next, Jack? He's the ghost of the most, baby. Let's talk about Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. See, so this is. This... Can I only say it one more time? <laughs> <laughs> so this is a fairly new. This is a fairly new show, right? This is probably the newest of. Yes, this is the newest on the list. Um... And what 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 is this one about? Just in case, like like people like me, I've like I'm to my shame, I've I've never seen Beetlejuice. Oh, you should. 
Um, uh, yeah. uh, and I mean, you should see the original movie. But the musical's very fun as well. Beetlejuice. Um, oh no, he's here. Um, uh, uh, Beetlejuice follows uh, the story of a ghost. I guess he's a ghost. He's a ghoul. Um, who is a sort of uh he described himself as like a sort of reverse exorcist um he gets the living out of your house um, <laughs> um, um the plot sort of follows this young girl called lydia who moves to this new house her um uh parents are yuppies oh her, her dad is a yuppie who has brought along um his business partner who he's clearly having in a way with um who is also a yuppie and they want to sort of renovate this house but the house is filled with the ghosts of the former tenants who are this very lovely couple um well lydia has had it up to here with her parents and finally summons uh the demon ghost beetlejuice to get rid of her dad and uh would-be stepmom and uh all sorts of spooky chaos um erupts and so is this like, one you saw on broadway i on, did see this on broadway yes wow. the plot if uh anyone is uh wanting to buy back of me saying that's not the movie plot this is the um this is the stage show plot uh, um <laughs> people uh love alex brightman's performance as beetlejuice mm-hmm. as do i but I'm here today to put Nicolas Cage in musicals, and uh, and he. Sorry, Alex, you ain't a movie star. Nick is. We're making a movie of Beetlejuice. I'm putting Nick Cage right in there. Oh, um, yeah, he's playing. He's he's playing the man in black and white, baby. He's doing it. <laughs> I'm having it. I mean, what I would love about this casting is that he would do it completely different from Michael Keaton. And he would do it completely different from Alex Brightman. <laughs> um, he would do his own thing. And it would be just as interesting as both, both of them. Once again, <laughs> would love to see Tim Burton and Nick Cage together. <laughs> um, oh, imagine that. Yeah, <laughs> ma- imagine, imagine the full circle on, <laughs> o- o- on that of Tim Burton is going to direct the musical adaptation of his own film. Uh, that would be that would be fantastic. This is it. Like they've talked for years and years about doing a Beetlejuice two. Forget about it. Don't need it. Give me Beetlejuice the musical starring Nicolas Cage. Um, How would you describe the music in this in this in in, in this musical? Because it's kind of it's I, very sort of like um, yeah, like a lot of musicals when they adapt like a stage uh, film to stage. Especially something that's got as evocative a score as Beetlejuice does, the Danny Elfman score, they'll kind of work the score into their themes. Not here. This is um, very much its own thing. Apart from the few um, Harry Belafonte songs that it borrows from the film, uh, here it's 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 very modern musical. Um, a lot of it dips into sort of speech singy. Um, it's yeah it's hard to it's 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 not your disney musical it's um 
it kind of almost at points feels like a musical parody yes uh, yeah, yeah yeah and it's like addressing the audience a lot and like very kind of fourth yes. wall breaky in the song Beetlejuice is Deadpool yes yeah 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 that, and it kind Beetlejuice of, knows he's in a musical and it feels like there's an element of it because it's yeah the the book for the, the 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 songs are written by Eddie Perfect for this musical mm. um who they've also wrote I could the see. King Kong musical oh wow <laughs> yeah he, he, he wrote he wrote a bio, a biographical musical comedy called Shane Warne. Oh, sh- yeah. Shane Warne the musical in 2009. So I guess like it kind of, kind of feels like he might have come from like the comedy yeah. background. You can imagine that yeah. being like a kind of... He's uh, Australian, Melbourne. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can imagine that being like a Melbourne uh, comedy festival show. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Shane Warne the musical kind of thing. <laughs> um, and... and it, um... It's kind of like almost like Green Day esque the songs, like in this kind of like almost like pop, like yeah, pop, pop punk like yes. style to them, and like a bit of attitude. And like, I, 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 I kind of dig it. Like, kind of to I begin mean, with, I was kind of a bit like it's a bit grating. And then the more I listened to the songs, I was like, no, I, 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 I could watch. I don't know how how two hours of this i reckon it, it, it could funny be enough i had like the same attitude when i saw the show on stage before i'd heard any of the songs i sat down and i was like okay what's this gonna be and for a while i was like you're not winning me over you're not winning me over oh you've won me over <laughs> um and it's almost like the attitude the main audience had to this show it was a show that wasn't doing all that well um and then you know what saved this show? TikTok. Oh, wow. The cast started their own TikTok, and the songs were discovered by people on there, and suddenly a fan base emerged. <laughs> um, yeah, because you could imagine like the, the, the diehard fans of the film being like very sacred over that, and being like, it's untouchable. But then they're the same people because this has got like a kind of post like My Chemical Romance vibe to the songs and like kind of taking that stuff and being very tongue in cheek with it. And it would appeal to those same people, those like millennials who have kind of found Beetlejuice when they were like, do you know what I mean, in their, in their early teens and like really made it their whole personality. Exactly. And it's sort of reinvented that sort of Tim Burton mainstream goth hot topic vibe for a new generation. Which Tim um, Burton has almost like kind of done himself with Wednesday, right? Yes, like he's kind yeah. of like, he's he, kind of he's a snake in his own tail now. Like, yeah, like, like oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy into this is what Tim Burton is now, as opposed <laughs> to I'm not going to try and do what I've always done. Yeah. Um, he, he's, yeah, it's, it's, it's now, it's almost like it's been reinvented. And the same thing I think sort of happened with the Heathers musical. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, like basically all you need to do is remake a Winona Ryder movie into a musical, and the fans will come. Um, yeah, I've heard I've heard really great things about the Heather's musical, and I can imagine that because that that is like is it a Dan Waters script for the original film, and like yeah, like that is really biting, like stuff. Or is it like uh, fuck me with a chainsaw? Is that one of the like or like 
There's lots of stuff like that. And yeah, like, yeah it's, it's, like... a dark, it's a dark show, but I think people relate to it because A, the music's really good, and um, it speaks to a younger audience in the same way that the movie spoke to a younger audience when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot here. I think the Lydia character in the Beetlejuice musical is more fleshed out, and I think a lot of uh, young women, especially those who go to musicals to have their sort of emotions felt. Um, Lydia really connects to them. And Beetlejuice, a lot of the awful stuff about him uh, from the original movie is toned down a bit more or is shown to be like, this guy's creepy and not our friend. He's a bad dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there's an excellent song near the end um, called uh, Creepy Old Guy. um uh, where um uh the lydia character is being forced to marry beetlejuice and she's going along with it and she's singing about oh how i love my creepy old guy girls may be just girls may be just disgusted but they're actually just shy like it's a (laughs) a big sort of middle finger to um older men perving on younger women (laughs) um and again I think Cage, you can see Cage stepping into the Beetlejuice suits very easily. Mm-hmm. Even, yeah, even at a even at a fifty nine years old as he is now, mm. like I, I, I could oh, see he him. can I, be a creepy old guy. Oh, of course, <laughs> <laughs> of, course of course, of course, he can be Dracula. Um, yeah, if he can be Dracula, he can be a, he, he, he can be Beetlejuice any day of the week. Uh, that's <laughs> that that that's a great pick, and I I, I, I don't know. I imagine I don't know. I don't know if like Cage's name float uh, was floated about back in the day to play Beetlejuice. Like, do you know what I mean? I imagine that was kind of hot footed around Hollywood, and like Michael Keaton even seems like a weird choice for that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if you kind of take a step out of that film, it's like oh, in the same way that Michael Keaton was weird for Batman. It's like <laughs> could have easily have seen Cage play him the first time round. Let alone, let alone in this musical rendition of of beetlejuice yeah i think i don't know i'm kind of leaning towards this one just because i'd love to see cage in that makeup more than anything uh, <laughs> he'd wear it well oh, yeah. um uh i'd love yeah i'd love it and i think he i don't yeah i mean brightman's very successful on stage for being able to talk like this for eight shows a week um and i don't think cage would do that cage would very much do his own thing but uh um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I want to see it. <laughs> yeah, this is a show yet to play the UK. Do you reckon this will get? Reckon this will get a this West is, End? I mean, it will. I think it will. Um, I think uh, it is inevitable that this and Mean Girls will come to the West End soon. <laughs> Those are like the two big shows. I'm like, definitely, definitely. There's enough of a call for it. Of course, of course. They're kind of both like. It's almost shocking. They've not the transfers yeah you watch you watch weeks to come we'll get the announcement beetlejuice (laughs) the musical hitting the west end and nicholas cage to star yeah me and jack will be there (laughs) tops and tails uh first showing absolutely loving it wow cage yeah (laughs) can't wait can't wait well, it's time to take a step from the macabre 
to the downright wonderful and oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, the wonderful world of Oz. Um, who? What, what is? What is? What is the musical? And who are we thinking of Cage as in the role, Jack? Uh, so this is probably it's got to be one of the most successful musicals of all time at this point. Like I've seen with, it. Uh, it's got to yeah. be. It's got. I've seen it, Jack. So it's got to be <laughs> up there with the Lion King, um, Phantom, Les Mis. Uh, we're talking Wicked, um, the story of the Witches of Oz, um, uh, Glinda the Good Witch, and Elphaba, the Wicked Witch. Maybe not so. Um, we see how these two girls met at their um, magic school, Shiz, um, where they are taught all sorts of things. And the events that lead them to be friends and then to be frenemies, essentially. Um, I'm going to be 100% honest. Wicked is not a show I love. I think I I think it's a very well put together show, and it took me three times watching it to come out and say I don't really like that show that much. But I think because it took me three times watching it, it's very good at hiding that it's not a good show. Um, I think there are some excellent songs. Um, I'm just not wild about the plot or any of the characters, and yet. Who would play the wonderful Wizard of Oz any better than Nicolas Cage? Nicolas I tell Cage. you, who wouldn't do it? Jeff Goldblum. Who is going to? <laughs> yeah. There's a film adaptation of this coming out, and Jeff Goldblum is going to be, I, I guess, I don't know. He's got the eccentricities, right, of like a kind of a, a madman. He can he can hold a tune, cause, can our old Jeff, but is he, I don't know. It's Has just, he got the it, darkness that the 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 wizard needs? I think Cage has got the the dark edge, right? For some reason, I was a hundred percent sure that Hugh Jackman was going to lock lock down this role. Mm -hmm. um, now it's clear he's not, and it's clear Goldblum is. But in this world where I put Cage in musicals, I say put Cage in as the wizard. The wizard is, you know, it's a smaller role within the show. Allow Cage to have like one big number, um, it, and it's the number that most people don't like in the show. Uh, sentimental man. Sentimental man. It's called the boring song. <laughs> hasn't he got a? He's got a duet as well, hasn't he? With wonderful, yes. Um, uh, that's a fun song. Which is um, which? Which I think plays into the kind of darkness of the character, right? Because in yeah. that, he's kind of going about the fact that like depending on where you fall on history is how you look at somebody it's like oh they're either a they're mm. a tyrant or they're a they're, they're, they're a, a revolution traitor, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 and yeah, it's yeah. like I, I i think that's great and i think cage can kind of tap into that the ambiguity i think of the wizard because obviously mm. if you look at if you look at the wizard of oz it's kind of this pathetic man but there is this i don't know sinister edge to him as a pathetic man with a you know he's a snake oil salesman he's got yes. a charm behind the eye um he has no power pay no attention to the man behind the curtain um 
again, this is a role I I feel like Cage would love to do mm-hmm. because I Another... assume like Lynch, he would have great respect for the Wizard of Oz. It would, um, yeah. Like Wizard of Oz is all the way through um Wild at Heart. Like yeah. that is probably the the film that most of all because i think it was last year there was a documentary released all about lynch and the wizard of oz and how it is kind of tied in throughout all of his films and how that's kind of like the source text for him and like the reason the big bad in twin peaks is judy um after judy garland yes Uh, and th- 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 this is one as well the wizard has also been played by joel gray the kind mm, of um yes it has who also played um mr moonface and there is a nice little connection to the coppola family within this as well so Kristen chenoweth Ooh. who played glinda originally um on broadway for this is in bewitched as one of um <laughs> Amy uh, Nicole Kidman's Nicole uh, Kidman's friends, yeah, and that film has uh, Jason Schwartzman in it, and I I always remember because what I found fun about that film is how they got actresses who were famous for playing witches, even if they weren't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, we'll get we'll get Kristen Chenoweth, yeah, she she's I, she's famous for playing a witch. Let's get her involved. I believe the story does go that. Um, Nicole Kidman had seen Wicked on Broadway and wanted to work with Kristen Chenoweth after doing it. Oh, amazing! Um, amazing, uh, yeah. Just like get her, get her in, like as 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 my ditzy best friend. I love it. I love it. And of course, your episode on Bewitched is technically my second episode. Yes, with a fantastic, <laughs> a fantastic kind of roving reporter uh, segment on that episode. Um, I, I, I would go amiss to uh, not mention that um, in the UK, the original wizard was played by Nigel Planer, uh, perhaps best known as Neil from The Young Ones. Oh, <laughs> amazing! <laughs> which i feel like ties very nicely into cage i feel like there's attitudes there that line up beautifully yeah i'm trying to think what like because i would have seen this post then i i I would have seen this 2013 because this it feels like wicked is an absolute staple on like it's been going since 2006 in the uk and it's kind of not left the not same theatre. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you go to Victoria, you're seeing either Hamilton or you're seeing Wicked. Or you're seeing Heathers at the Upper Palace, but let's face it, you're seeing Hamilton or you're seeing Wicked. Um, yeah, like, what... Put Cage... Like, we talked about Cage doing high fantasy earlier. This is high fantasy... He'd thrive in a world like this, mm-hmm. and you know, it's a it's a classy role. It's not a main role. It's not the most showy role. But he, it, you it, imagine going to see Wicked. You've got cast cast the opening titles come up. You've got Ariana Grande, Cynthia Erivo, blah 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 blah, and Nicolas Cage as the Wizard. Chills, chills. I tell you. <laughs> so who is who is 
Who is listed to direct this film? Uh, Jonathan M. Chu, who directed um, the Crazy Rich Asians movie and the In the Heights movie. Okay. Um, it could be good. It could be fun. I wonder if it will work better for me on film than it will on stage. It's two, uh, it's two films. So you better, you, better, you better like the first one or, yeah. or otherwise you ain't going back for part two. Oh, I'll go back for part two. <laughs> <laughs> I might like part two more. Um, oh, yes. yes. Yeah, <laughs> so the, the film adaptation of this has got like one reason it would be getting my money. It's not, yeah, like I do like Jeff Goldblum, but more than anything, it was announced on the 8th of December, 2022. That Michelle Yeoh is playing yeah. Madame Morrible. Well, she'll be great. <sighs> like, really? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> a- a- anything Michelle Yeoh is in, yeah. you can take. You can take all my money. And it's a reteaming <laughs> of her with the Crazy Rich Asians director. Yeah, she was yeah, yeah. so good in Crazy Rich Asians. Um, I mean, she's always great though. She's give her that Oscar this year. So I guess, yeah, I guess that. Um, Cynthia Revo and I know. Um, well, yeah, Cynthia uh, Revo must be because in 2021 they did a PBS special, so she must have tickled some people's fancy that they were like, you know what, let's get her in. Like, she, like I like I can't wait to hear her sing "Defying Gravity." It's, mm-hmm. and I think Ariana Grande, who I know some people aren't happy with in the role of Linda. I think this is a girl who got brought up on sort of Nickelodeon sitcoms and proves she has incredible comic timing. She is going to have a ball. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think she's going to be hysterical. I can't wait. Um, yeah, because I think on that PBS special, they had Ariana DeBose, who obviously really proved herself with uh, West Side Story as kind of being somebody to kind of reckon with, especially within like uh, musicals. So, mm. um, but yeah, Cage Cage is the wizard. Yes, please. I, I, I will take it. I will take it any day of the week. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at my recorder right here, and this is looking to be a long episode. So let's step <laughs> so let's, on. Let's go on to the, on to let's get on to the final choice. The final choice, which is Jack. This is the show, actually, I know the least about. Never seen it, and I've only listened <laughs> to it a few times. But... How it went doing a musical roundup for Nicolas Cage. It is unavoidable that the man should play Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's <laughs> it goes without saying, right? That's kind of like gothic, I don't know, like disturbing, absolutely it's insane. Some... He's not done it before, yeah, it's something to chew over, right? Like. Mm. It's it's a dual role, like because yeah, one of the things I was going to ask you is on stage, is it a yeah. is it the same person or is it is it two separate people? Two, it's one guy playing two roles. In the, and let's be honest, so the two thousand and one DVD recording of this, <laughs> I was hoping this would come up, was David Hasselhoff. If David Hasselhoff can do it, Nicolas Cage can do it. Let's be honest. <laughs> exactly <laughs> um i mean the songs i've heard from this show i i quite enjoy um there's uh this is the moment is a big one that 
someone like you, sympathy, tenderness, all sorts of uh, wonderful. I'm thinking of the right show. Is this in this show? I think it'll be a different show. But, um, uh, you know, yeah, I. It's I need the to one... know. Oh no, no, yeah, like... bring bring on the men is a is a absolutely sensational number that um, should be added to everybody's musical theater playlist. Um, I mean, Just... we know the we know the story of Jekyll and Hyde. I'm not gonna delve into it it's the same on stage um but with songs <laughs> <laughs> and they tried to make a movie of this and i believe covid19 had a uh um big impact on that so bring it back put cage in there he's your doctor he's your mister and he will enchant you and thrill you yeah, the, this is one that like really speaks to me. Of like, even if it wasn't a musical version, you could see Cage playing this character. Do you know what I mean? You could mm. see him like really getting into that thing of the dual nature of somebody, and it's, I guess, it's some something that, and especially the darkness in people, is something that he's. You can see that he's been interested in throughout his career, like the way that he's played like villains in like Face Off. Mm. look at leaving las vegas it's like a film where it's like let's explore the utter darkness in somebody's soul so and to play to play dr jekyll and mr hyde would be like as a second nature i guess to him and you think about stuff like adaptation like he's clearly interested in the duality of people and um even like yeah face off and stuff like that he's He's got he's got the energy for it. Can he, he sing it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he recently came out and said that with with adaptation was like something that he doesn't think he could do again, like because of like. But I think that's more of like a practical thing yes. on stage of or like on set of doing the dual roles because a lot of that time he would have to have like an earpiece in feeding him his lines <laughs> to then act against himself. So like you can imagine that being like, I don't know. He did it like he, saying that he did it. What a year, a year or so ago with the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he's, he's in, in a lot, I don't know, in a, in a kind of lessened form than he I'm does. I'm sorry. He says he wants to do a musical. Does he think that's not going to have a lot of um, stress and strain on his body? He, you'll be fine, Nick. <laughs> come on put it together get Jekyll and Hyde done perfect perfect well um, I've got to I've got to I've got to double back to a question I asked you earlier I guess the listeners would have been thinking about this as well which Nicolas Cage film do you think could get the musical treatment um, so I thought about this and it's um, it's one we just talked about Adaptation. <sighs> Which perfectly leads me into something. It's, there was a musical that was written by Charlie Kaufman that yeah. would have starred Nicolas Cage called Frank or Francis. Yes. Which that would have starred. supposed to be something, right? <laughs> Which is like one. And I think Charlie Kaufman is the ultimate for this of just having like unrealized projects. 
him and Tim Burton, like in Spielberg, like out and Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> so, like the yeah, I think the the idea for this film. So let me uh, let let me see if I can read it out. So yeah, the pitch is: it's a musical comedy, Hollywood satire, in which an auteur director Frank and a movie blog commentator Francis go to war with one another. Francis hates almost every movie he watches. Ah. <laughs> would have been great, right? So, I mean, yeah. I'm very curious. I, 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 it would have interested me a great deal. Um, I mean, this is kind of where I feel like you do adaptation as a musical, and instead of having Charlie Kaufman struggling to write The Orchid Thief as a movie, he's trying to write it as a musical and oh. writes himself into to a musical. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is perfect. That is perfect. So kind of yeah to kind of finish off on this frank or francis kind of tangent like mm. the cast for that would have been jack black who i'd imagine would have played francis the kind of movie blogger mm. um elizabeth banks nicholas cage who i imagine would have played frank i'm not sure because the next name up feels like he would have maybe fitted the frank as well is kevin klein steve carell would have been in this so i, I always thought carell was going to be frank oh that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. Mm. And then, Ka yeah, Catherine Keener and Paul Rubens. So it would have been... What a cast. It would have been an absolute fucking doozy, right? Like, <laughs> that is your top-line talent. It's like, it is one of those things like, why the fuck didn't this happen? Do you know what I mean? Or like, like where is this script? Can we get a black box theatre... <laughs> version of this play put together let's do it call up cage get the manager get cage's manager on the phone tell him we want to do it that what that wasn't even a question of like could we get this cast that was to you jack can me and you put on a black box theater version of this at the uh at the bridgewell theater in farrington <laughs> can we call him tomorrow <laughs> perfect get us get us get us a six week get us a, a six week residency <laughs> and we'll, we'll get the cast together Start writing the songs. It's on. Perfect. I'll see if I can source the script from anywhere. <laughs> Must be out there somewhere. Um, adaptation as a musical. That is perfect. Like, just the levels of, I don't know, meh, like, because you can go super meta with the songs, right? Yeah. Like, about how hard it is to write a song. And you can, like, it's, it's like... <laughs> it, would, it would be... It would either be incredible or absolutely, yes, absolutely up its own ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which, which is, which is the tight rope that musicals are walking a lot of yes. the time, anyway, right? Like, yeah. so, so it would, it, and it would have its fans. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I would be one of those fans because you could imagine, like, the way that the way that adaptation starts with like the beginning yeah it's like the beginning of the world and then later on in the film like you could imagine a song like a nice like reprise element where it's like the beginning of the show and then later on he's writing that into the into the musical itself it's like and you have like different music 
sport when it's Charlie riding and when it's Donald riding and um, like, different styles of music that represent each character oh. and they'll they'll take on this sort of ah yeah uh, that's that's my pitch. I'm I, I'm having it if if there's anything that I would pitch as a musical just because I think it would be um, absolutely batshit would be Con Air the musical. Someone's working on that, I'm sure. Yeah, someone's. <laughs> that's gonna be at the Edinburgh Film Fest. That's gonna be at the Ed- Edinburgh Comedy Festival one of these years, right? <laughs> yeah. Conair the musical performed by two men <laughs> <laughs> playing playing all of the cons. Do you know yeah. what I mean? like, Steve Buscemi's character Garland Green's got a song. <laughs> I like to wear your face as a mask. It would be. Uh... I'm Cyrus the virus. Yeah, Cyrus the virus lands itself to yeah. musical qualities already. I've killed more men than cancer. I'm Cyrus <laughs> the... V- yeah, you can imagine, like, reading, like, singing out their rap sheets. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm Billy Petlam. Yeah. I went over two towns to kill my wife and I, mean, I like killed the dog. ensemble of, like, the plane... <laughs> And they're taking over, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everybody. Big kick line of convicts. Perfect. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure I'd want to hear the Johnny 23 song. Like, that would be one that would probably make me sick. Like, do you know why they call me Johnny 23? No, no, I don't <laughs> want to know. <laughs> and you saw, you just got... Put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> I said, put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> so, do you reckon the man under the car who says to him about when he's asking about like a a needle would get his own song in the Conair musical as well? It's like, don't turn to drugs. No, don't do the drugs. No, it's not. For drugs, it's for my friend. He's got diabetes. Like, <laughs> I mean, we can try it. I, I, my, my only worry is that we this this show has got so many characters. We too many, throwing, too throwing, many. Right? If yeah. we start throwing every character a song, it's gonna, that is true. It's going to become belabored. <laughs> that, that 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 is true. Yeah, you've you got to really pick your pair, moments. You got to pare it down, right? Yeah, at least with, at least with adaptation, you've got like a nice, concise amount of characters, right? You've <laughs> Susan Orlean probably gets a great song when she's at that dinner party. Like you mm. can kind of have part of the company just there playing like the dinner guests and she kind of has that song as she realizes like, I think I'm in love with this man <laughs> who I'm writing a book about. Oh, I mean, like, is it, is it John LaRoche? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you you got he's got he's 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 a character waiting to come on stage, isn't he? Oh. <laughs> where are my front teeth where have they gone i used to love fish but now i love plants yeah it writes itself come on jack come on this is that, that, this is that it feels like it has to happen right oh my god the tilda swintonstein on stage <sighs> magic yes yes Everyone would you have somebody singing like off off stage with some like almost like do you know what I mean or or some pre-recorded stuff that could be his 
Oh no, you would just do it. You'd just do it spotlight to the audience, wouldn't yeah. you? Like his, yeah, his thoughts. Yeah, yeah, it would come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to fuck her. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, uh, I want this to happen. The Judy it. Greer moment in the in the in in the cafe where he's like in the diner where he's like, "Would you like to go to a flower show with me this weekend?" <laughs> yeah, ah, yes, yes, please. I will. I will have an adaptation musical any day of the week. Um, so as we start to wrap things up, Jack, I put this question out to a few people on well, just anyone on Twitter who would respond. <laughs> And I got a few. I got a few responses to potential people. People would like to see Nicolas Cage play in musicals. So Dallas King of the A Twenty Four Project podcast said, "Like yourself, would like to see Nicolas Cage as the dentist from Little Shop of Horrors." Dallas is a smart man. He knows what he's thinking. He knows what he's thinking. Um, so MJ Smith from the Let's Jaws a Minute podcast said he would like to see Cage as Mr. Applegate from Damn Yankees. Do you know this musical at all? Ooh, Damn Yankees. Now, if I am correct, um, I was I was in a production of Damn Yankees when I was a, a lad. Um, the Barnes Theatre Company. Um, now, if I am correct... Believe Mr. Applegate is the devil, the devil. yeah, <laughs> the devil himself. Yeah, um, Damn is a great fun show about uh, another Faustian bargain, <laughs> um, <laughs> that uh, that a man makes uh, to help his uh, his long suffering baseball team um, become their star player. Oh, perfect, makes a deal with the devil. Yeah, so that would be perfect, right? Nicolas Cage. And that, that like, so in a 2017 off-Broadway production, Whoopi Goldberg played Mr. Applegate. Ooh, I like that. And before, before that, in 2008, uh, well, uh, yeah, it says encores here, Sean Patrick Harris. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, um, Je- Jerry Sean Lewis. <laughs> Jerry Lewis played him on the West End. Victor Garber in 1994. There was You've going got... to be a movie version, I believe, in like the early 2010s with Jake Gyllenhaal in the lead and Jim Carrey as Mr. Applegate. Oh. We've been robbed. <laughs> We've Should've been happened. robbed. Should have happened. So the original uh, West End replacement for... Applegate. One of them was so it was Van Johnson, and the other one was Vincent Price. How much would you like, Vincent Price? Ah, yes, please. Um, I'll rattle through the other ones that people have come down with. Uh, So, CM on the rocks, as he is named on Twitter. They uh, are named on Twitter. I'm sorry to assume your gender. Um, Have said the man. In Whistle Down the Wind. Do you know know this? So it is a Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. That's why I don't know it. With lyrics by Jim Steinman. So Ah. Jim's no, Jim Steinman's not the Oh yeah. 
the meatloaf guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So yeah, the Matt, I know nothing about this musical. Uh, is a musical composed by? Yeah. I... Cool. Okay. Yeah. I Do guess it. that's one. And then, um, nouveau shamanic news. So a Nicolas Cage uh, news page had just put Phantom of the Opera. We all know what we think of that. What do we think of that, Jack? No way, right? Like, do we need cages I mean, for Phantom? I mean, I'll say it. He'll be great, um, but he can do better. <laughs> See, I've never seen Phantom of the Opera, but I have seen Phantom of the Paradise. Now that's a movie. Now that is a movie. And if there was a musical adaptation of that, I would love to see oh, Nicolas Cage. Cage. As yeah, as Winslow oh, yeah. Leach. We've, like, let's have that. Let's we've, let's we've circum- taken the idea and we've plussed it up. Oh, we've 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 tarted it right up. It's it's <laughs> it's really tarted up. It's it's got a nice little shiny mask. It's got Paul Williams whispering in your ear, and it's sorted right out. <laughs> so that is everything we have from listener suggestions, Jack. Before I let you go, I must ask you, what is happening with your fantastic podcast, Truly Happily Madison? Where have you and Josh gone? Uh, you know, season two is baking away, um, as it always is. Um, will we be back? Maybe. Who knows? Um, I tell you what, we'll be back in March, as um, uh, they've announced Murder Mystery 2 will be dropping on Netflix in March. So you can expect us to return to your ears to cover the latest Adam Sandler motion picture. In the meanwhile, who knows? Who knows what what me and Josh uh, have cooking? You can listen to a whole, you can listen to what, a a whole 60 episodes of Suffering, right? About 55, I think, yeah, something like that. Yeah, 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 of Uh, mainly Suffering through through the Happy Madison. Oh, there's some real joy. I I mean, not to blow my own horn, but I went back and listened to a few of them. What a show. (laughs) What a show. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a real cultural touchstone, I think. People, People will be talking about this for ages. I've mentioned it to people and they've gone... Those guys are either geniuses or insane. I said, well, they're a bit of both, I think. I think there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a middle point where, where Josh and Jack perfectly sit. I think, I, think, um, I think one of us is a genius and one of us is insane. I won't say who is which. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can people find that podcast and where can people find you online, Jack? If you search wherever you find your podcasts for Truly Happily Madison, you will find the back catalogue and perhaps any new episodes that might be coming all there. Otherwise, um, if you want to find me, good old me, uh, you should be looking at JFG in Digital 3D across various platforms such as Bebop, Rocksteady, Shredder, uh, the Technodrome. No, no, no. I just kid. I just kid for all you truly happily Madison heads out there. I'm on the Twitter. I'm on the uh, letterbox. I'm on the Instagram. You can find me. Um, 
Uh, and if you really, really want to find me, you really, really want to find me, uh, this July, come to uh, Hammersmith at the uh, Polish Arts Theatre to come see 9 to 5, where you'll see me in some sort of role. Amazing, amazing. What a way to make a living, Jack. What a way to make a living. <laughs> well, on that, on that note, uh, thank you so much for coming and talking all things musical and Nicolas Cage with me. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening and another massive thank you to Jack Gregson. That was um, a very enlightening conversation all about a world I don't know too much about. As I kind of said in that chat, I am quite agnostic when it comes to musicals, although whenever I watch a musical, I'm kind of taken away, swept away by the magic of it all and get really into them. So maybe after this conversation, you will, there was a lot of jesting throughout this episode. You will be seeing me hot footing my way down to a uh, live theatre production of a musical, especially some of the ones we talked about. Um, Assassins really fascinates me, especially because of uh, the nature of the characters. And Stephen Sondheim is an absolute powerhouse songwriter and lyricist he's just phenomenal um a tragic loss to the world the kind of majesty and music that, that he provided for us if you've got a late addition to any musicals that you think cage would slot right into please don't hesitate to get in touch you can do that on all the socials so if you go onto a social media platform and type in at caged in pod if it comes up, it's on it. The ones I'm on for sure, we're in a limbo right now. We don't know what's happening with some of these, so I'm going to go for the ones that you can 100% find me. So that is Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, Facebook, and TikTok. You can 100% find me on those. Some I'm a bit more slack than others. One place you can be sure to always find me is by dropping me an email, which is cagedinpod at gmail.com where you can send if you are so inclined and i'll be popping a little thing in the show notes a little a little link to be able to download this separately i have pulled out that clip of jack singing his wonderful song about this episode and nicholas cage being in musicals if you are inclined at all to write a, a ditty underneath musical theater the better if you can write some like music that is in keeping is kind of chef's kissing what we want, please do so and email it to cagedinpod at gmail.com. As for next week on this here very podcast, we'll still be rattling and rolling on the cage you wary train. Um and the what we'll be talking about is oh oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. We're going to be saddling up as we discuss The Old Way, a new Nicolas Cage film, ladies and gentlemen. American listeners may have seen this already. Oh, British listeners, if you listen to this on day of release, this is out on Friday. You can rent this. You can see it in select cinemas. You can, as ever, you can see it in my the cinema that holds my heart, the Prince Charles Cinema there in London's Leicester Square. You can see it there. 
Well, check your check your listings as to if it's available. If not, you'll be able to rent it digitally uh, through Altitude Films, I believe, on Friday. And yeah, I'll be discussing that film with an absolute, an absolute. I'm going to say this: an absolute madman genius of podcasting and kind of journalism, which is Mark Hoffmeyer, who you may know from the Conair the podcast podcast um deep blue yeah like uh, the deep blue sea podcast uh movies films and flicks mark's kind of all over he does these great articles all about data points and kind of has done it with nicholas cage he's kind of tried to figure out whether nicholas cage um is better in films if he's in a tank top so maybe we'll be getting to that next week when we discuss the old way so please do join us for that and i've got some other fun stuff planned for cage uary so if you enjoyed this episode or any other episode of the podcast please do be sure to rate review and subscribe on apple podcast spotify or wherever you're listening to this right now and as ever please be sure to let me know what you think bill murray says to scarlett johansson at the end of lost in translation oh sorry about that little burpy burp came out of my mouth uh in lost in translation in your review on any of those platforms that would be fantastic so as ever guys i've been petrol spatulous i've been caged in and i'll catch you next time Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 